0: Welcome to my best 11 podcast today we are joined by a man who started his career as a young man in Oxford then decided to go all the way to the other end of the country and spend the majority of his career even earning a testimonial and indeed you've got another man here earning a testimonial don't hear many of those these days at Middlesbrough. Um, then finish um, his career a little bit further down south, Charlton and Sheffield Wednesday. Hmm. Today, we are joined by Robbie Musto. How are you, Robbie?
1: I'm great. Thanks, Andrew. And uh, nice to be on. And this has been a bit of a challenge the last few days going through, I mean, so many really great players I played with, but trying picking a best 11 has not been easy. But I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll give you a headline, Marv, straight away. I'll give you I'll give you a head, headline straight away. That, uh, the, and I, I put this little caveat. And a little asterisk. At the peak of their <laughs> powers, right? This team. At the peak of their powers, this team would win the current Premier League. There you go. Ooh, go, wow.
2: go on. There's a, there's, a, there's a statement there. Wow. Can you, I, can, I can
0: see Pep jumping up and down about Gerard slipping right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Love
2: that, Robbie. Love that.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Awesome! Did you two ever play against each other? You two?
2: Oh, well, I was I'm trying sure. to do some research, I and mean, we must—I mean, must have done—because you, because you were the same age, aren't we, Robbie? You was born in '68, correct?
1: Yep. And yep.
2: so, I mean, I think through tumble, obviously, we got we yeah. were connected. As well to John Dreyer, who was yeah. Robbie Ledge. started his career at Oxford, and then, yeah. and then. Yeah. I'm looking. I'm thinking through the old Rothmans. I still have a few Rothmans. I'm looking because when we do the podcast, I go through like looking at people's career yeah. and stuff. And yeah, actually, is, I mean it's quite good because you can see the actual games they played and who against and when they scored. I couldn't see any games when you was at Oxford really? myself and you. Yeah. What about, what
1: about Middlesbrough? Middlesbrough and stuff. I mean
2: Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough must have about but we must have got the, Roth- the Rothmans is quite old And then I only got a three, Like three or four copies still mm. And so I didn't yeah. see any um, yeah. Beyond the 89 season Because he was at Oxford Until not, until 90 wasn't it 90,
1: 90 then went to Middlesbrough Yeah 12 years yeah. at yeah. Middlesbrough yeah. So, so yeah I'm
2: Middlesbrough sure. definitely We played it I think yeah. we played it a, a few times against each other Excellent yeah.
1: So
0: you made that statement Robbie which, which makes me think That you're picking this team Based upon head Rather than heart Or because I mean 12 years at a club is a hell of a long time Like I mentioned in the intro you've had your hmm. testimonial against um Dortmund is that right
1: yeah 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 how was that yeah. by the way oh do you know what I mean it, it was brilliant in so many ways I mean we got we thought we were going to get Glasgow Rangers um to come to the Riverside which would have been huge we, we'd we been there I think like a few months before for testimonial and they said the next person you have for testimonial we'll bring all our army down there and that and it was my testimonial and um thing is the Middlesbrough fans could remember a testimonial where Celtic brought all their fans down. I think it was Tony Mowbray's. And there was a lot of trouble. And the, basically the Middlesbrough police said, no, we're not doing it. You're not having You're not having Glasgow Rangers. So we had to kind of scramble around a little bit. And we were a Premier League team at the time. So it's not a point getting like, you know, the big Premier League side. So we, yeah, we got Dortmund. Um, I, had to pay them so, I had to pay them so much money on my committee. We had to pay them so much money to come over with all their travel and hotels and appearance fees and all that. You know, we didn't make a ton of money out of it, but that's okay. It was a great opposition. It was a great game. We had, a, I think, 16,000, 18,000 people yeah. there. And, to, you know, I still, you know what? It's funny, look, my, on my desk, I've got here, right? And that's it's a great start as well. hope this, you can see it okay. That's just floating yeah. my way. Which is which is me coming out in my testimonial with my two little boys, uh, Lewis. When I, he wouldn't let, wouldn't let me let him go, but that that was it. That was the testimonial in uh, in 2010 years at Middlesbrough. Yeah, so and that's and by the way, I haven't got that ready for this. I it just ran. No, around. no, that's, that's
0: great. That's,
2: that's great. awesome. Like oh, that. so I love no, it. If,
1: it was great. It was great. And the fans were great to me. I, th- I think me and Middlesbrough were good for each other for a long period of time. Um, and I have nothing, and I'm sure Marv's the same, I have nothing but great memories of my career. I have no regrets. I played nearly 600 games. My body's beat up, but that's okay. I, I, I'm so thankful that I haven't got, you know, I'm sure we, we all know the Marv where people, oh, you know what, I could have done right. this. And it was this injury. And I, you know, I did this and I drank too much or I, you know, I, I'm so pleased I got none of that. I I, I had a I good. I gave as good as I could, and I, you know, I don't think I could do much more in my career. So, um, no. Brilliant. Testimony was amazing.
0: Excellent, excellent. So we're going to go through your best eleven players you've mm. um, ever set foot on a pitch with, um, and if you're listening on the uh, walking the dog on the tube wherever you are, mm. um, try and guess as Robbie gives us a few clues. We'll start off though with formation. What have you gone for, Robbie, for your best eleven, and why?
1: <laughs> so difficult, so difficult. And my massive statement about being champions—it kind of gets, it kind of get, gets better as we go ahead of the team, right? But anyway. I'll go with a I'll go with a four three three. Let's do with that. And, and let me just start off with another little caveat. That during my time at Middlesbrough, we had so many star players come in. I'm not saying that that, that they were brilliant in my time with them. At, at say at Middlesbrough, but my goodness, in their pomp, their best, they're amazing. So when you say the best players you play with, it, it's the bigger picture. The best players like in their careers and what they did and when they're at their best, instead of players that Middlesbrough fans might listen to this and say, Well, he wasn't very good for the borough, you know, he he wasn't very good. But the this is just in my experience working with them, training with them, playing with them, and knowing their overall career, these are some flipping fantastic players. Okay,
0: excellent. Sorry, sorry, no, 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 no. it's great, it's about you, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, um We'll start off with, interestingly, um, the goalie. So I wonder how this is going to go, talk about big names. Over to you.
1: Yeah, do you want me to give you a little teaser? Yeah, give Um, us a couple of clues. Yeah, give us a a couple of clues for each one. All right, how about this for a start off as well then, by the way. Um, In the squad for back-to-back champions in the Premier League, he was a Premier League champion in the squad back-to-back. Back-to-back. I know many people done that, by the way. Different That's team.
2: Different team. Oh, he's really got. I mean, not too many people have no, brought I'm us out. Right. We've normally got... Nah, it's all good. Get,
0: back got end got of his again. career. Back end it, of his it. career. Right. Yeah, I mean, I
1: mean, Andrew should get it.
0: Yeah. He's from goal. my neck of the woods.
1: Mark oh. Schwartzer. Yes. <laughs> Mark Schwartzer. And by the yes, way... He did it
0: we, at Chelsea and... Leicester. He went to Leicester. Oh, was
1: Oh yeah, yeah. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't get a medal. That's why you know I had to say that in the squad and stuff. But no. Um, I mean, big Mark. By the way, what a flipping good goalkeeper. What what um, presence off his line and command in the box. Anything aerially. He was absolutely superb. Another little story I'll tell you about Mark Schwarzer. I mean, I got stories on everybody, by the way. I'm not sure how long we got for podcasts, but anyway, so as long, as, you, well, as, long he, as you've got Robbie, honestly, know, as long as you've know, got. When he first came to the club, Mark, Mark Schwarzer, and, and, and I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, and by the way, he's still a friend now, and I still keep in touch with him. Uh, he he was terrible kicking the ball off the ground. He couldn't he couldn't kick it. He couldn't kick the ball off the ground like for goal kicks and stuff. He couldn't reach the halfway line, and he 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 kind of scooped it a little bit, and uh, it's it everything else in his game was was superb and um, we had Paul Barron goalkeeping coach come to Middlesbrough and basically I, I watched it in front of me unfold over weeks and months he got coached to strike the ball better Strike the ball better with his laces, with that little body shape, that little body angle when you go up and strike the ball, and he ended up being a, a, a like everybody else, superb strike of the ball. But just when he first came, my goodness, I don't know, is it, were you Aussies, Andrew? Maybe he, he couldn't he couldn't kick the ball, <laughs> he couldn't kick the ball very well.
0: Well, when you're discu- when you're talking about that, I was trying to work out whether or not it's because of the type that obviously over here the big games are Australian rules and yeah. um, rugby league. They're the big sports over yeah. here, kicking the ball, yeah. but yeah. I don't know, and that's off a tee. And rugby rugby league's off a of tee, and, and AFL's the egg shape. So I don't
1: know. It's, yeah. That's a really interesting yeah. one because. But he got good. He got very good very quickly. So fair play to him.
0: So you saw. So obviously Middlesbrough saw something that was worthwhile investing, and they realised they could coach. They could coach to kick him, but yep. the other stuff's a lot, hell of a lot harder to coach.
1: Yeah, and I think he was at Bradford City, and he was a star. Yeah, he was a star, star goalkeeper there, and we nicked him from there. And we, I think, he stayed at Middlesbrough for twelve years as well. I think he, and obviously, went on in in the latter parts and played at Fulham. I think he still lives in that area in London and Chelsea and Leicester City, just kind of floated around. But what a good, a good person, great pro, one of the one of the better pros, maybe one of the best pros I played with. You know, never involved in any of the dodgy stuff. Was was just dedicated, great family guy. Um, yeah, good good place to start, Mark Schwarzer. He's yeah. There you go. He's a Premier League champion already, and so, massively yeah. underrated. And if yes. you believe
0: what didn't Wenger once say that he almost signed him? And I think, think Swartz so, yeah. said, "I I wish I'd have gone." Or somebody, yeah. blo- or somebody, Fulham blocked it. I think it was when he was at Fulham.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, and and why not? I think I remember that quote as well from uh, Wenger. Yeah, um, but no, he, he's uh, yeah top man, Mark Schwartz. And, think, and the uh, the other little note I I wrote down just getting ready. He's the oldest player to play for Chelsea ever. I think. At forty-one, 40, wow! So it was going strong. He was and going yeah. strong. Yes, yeah. yeah, awesome.
0: So we've got goalie. We'll go awesome. to right back or left back, whichever one you want to, Robbie.
1: Let's go left back. Um, and this this guy, he came kind of late. You know, when I'm sort of thinking about left backs, so I'm thinking of Jimmy Phillips, brilliant guy. Played with him at the Marvel. Oxford United. Jimmy Phillips, yeah. left back, and then at Middlesbrough. Um, Nate Phillips is his son, the Liverpool centre-back. How uh, about that? Yeah, how about that? Nate Phillips. So, so, But it isn't going to be Jimmy Phillips. Um, there was a better player we had for a period of time that we couldn't keep him. He ended up signing for Liverpool as a left-back. Brilliant set-pieces. German, German international. Marvin. It's it, and, and the, yeah, I ain't got many more clues for you. So we, we haven't got a, but he, he was yeah, Andrew, a,
2: Andrew's bang on. Andrew's bang on. I mean half oh,
0: five in the morning and I'm on the money. I know you are. You are. Oh, you
1: think you got it? I didn't oh, did you?
0: I, I oh, reckon Andrew. I reckon it's
1: Christian Zieger. Yeah, you got it right, mate. You got yeah. it right. Yeah, you're on fire. Yeah, Zieger. He, he again, talented, yeah. talented player, left back. Did you play on the no? left
0: back or left mid? Because I know for Liverpool we played both, didn't
1: he? I think it was left back for us, Mark. Uh, Andrew, sorry. Yeah, he was left back for us. And it was pretty apparent that he was real quality. And Liverpool, you know, we couldn't stop him going to Liverpool. Remember the first day he came on the training ground? I remember standing to the sideline with his agent. um, And we were excited to get Christian Ziga. I mean, again, we had good left backs at the club. Frank Cordero was there, maybe after actually Zigo, just thinking about left backs I played with. But Jimmy Phillips was a good one. Did you play a Kincheski as well? I did a Kincheski, yeah, at uh, Charlton. Yeah, he's in yeah. consideration. A like, really good player. Great lad. What
2: about David Langen at Oxford? Did you play with him?
1: I did play with David Langen. More of a right back. A- God, that's a good shout. Oh. <laughs> yeah, good shout. What a flipping ledge. I mean, just a ledge. A, a tremendous guy. And, and I with David Langen, it's one of them where he was one of my heroes, if you like, as a kid, watching Oxford United, you know, uh, uh, you know, through teenage years and stuff. And then I ended up being a teammate and playing with him. I think I played with him, didn't I? Did he Move on right at the end though. I mean, he I was... Might like, have
2: played, I, I think you yeah. played with think I had, him, I had him down. I mean, when I was looking, we do our research. Himself, he was yeah. the, he was he was on the list, but I wasn't sure if he was right or left back. So I mean, yeah, said, yeah.
1: Right. I, I, Bob, the left back for them was Bobby McDonald. Bobby McDonald. That's right. Man- yes, Man yeah. He
2: was at Coventry, wasn't he? For well, was yeah, he? Bobby McDonald. Yeah,
1: I don't know, but he, he gave me the biggest bollock in, a, in my in my nearly twenty-year career <laughs> as a young pro in the first team. I was playing left midfield in in front of Bobby McDonald and I didn't track my fullback at one point and caught you on the outside of the, of the pitch at the Manor ground, I remember. He absolutely yeah. tore shreds off me right in front of the fans there. And it's one of them things where you remember stuff like that, don't you? You you remember the harsh lessons that you got and, and people ask me, what, what are some of those? Well, that from Bobby McDonald, I was like 18. Give me a right. break, For goodness sake, like he, he absolutely hammered me. I
2: been mean, I've ended up. We've spoken about this before, Robbie. I've ended up on a few of those myself from the great. I mean, Les seely But I took it as a um, of a mark of respect because even though I was similar to you, eighteen, he was treating me as a man. You know, he wasn't like looking I at me. Both so oh,
1: yeah. you're just
2: a kid now playing in. Team, so, listen, you're old enough and you're big enough, so I'm going to treat yeah. you like one. And I'm going to give you a bonnetkin like I would do, like yeah. do Steve Foster or anyone else like that. Yeah. Yeah. well, not go yeah. over
0: old ground that we spoke about in the pod. But didn't you mention as well that Sealy said, I can't have these kids who don't know what they're doing because I need, <laughs> I need, because I got a mortgage to pay.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. He said he said that. I mean, I think half time uh, or no, full time in Millwall, we lost to Millwall, and there's about three or four of us who had played. And he, yeah, he said like, "I've got a mortgage to pay for. I've got a wife. I mean, they, they, they've got to be better kids. They've got to be better than this." But again, mm. you know, I, I I understood. And I mean, sometimes mm. in in this day and age, if that happened, Robbie, I think some people I mean there'd be like people got mortified that someone could say something like that. But again, yeah. it was mm. very much old school back then.
1: Mm. Yeah, it was, and and like I said, it it was something that I'll never forget. And and as and thing you know I, I never let a fullback go again you know I always helped him out and try, <laughs> I didn't want that again so it kind of worked I think I think if it was roles reversed Marv I still don't think I would have no. I don't know with a young pro but but I don't know. I mean, I I I don't. It, it helped me in my career. That's what I'm saying. But um, but another very good left back. But I but I have to go with Christian Zieger in terms of quality. Played for Liverpool, German international. Great free kick take, Scored so many goals from free kicks for us. Uh, he's definitely got to be my left back.
0: Excellent. So you mentioned then about um, Oxford. Uh, obviously, that was your first club. Just talk us through kind of. You mentioned you used to go to Oxford. Was that the club you always mm. your heart? Was always in yeah. and that's the one you always wanted to to sign up yeah. for how how did yeah. that go kind of around the age of 13 14 15 16 going into- well that's
1: it's great mate because i don't often sort of get to think back about it but i used to go with my brother brother's four years older than me he got his driving license he, he had a little white little fiesta van and he used to take start to take me up there to the manor ground to watch oxford when i was probably what 14 something like that um i remember you know avoiding many fights outside the manor ground there's a, a piece where The fans used to cross each other get into the beach road we used to go beach beach road side, and i just fell in love with i fell in love with the game i'll tell you what it was like i I remember walking up the terraces at the beach road at the manor ground right and you get to the top and you because it's small ground boxes you're kind of close and i got at the top of the terraces again like not high at all and i remember seeing this beautiful green grass out there these big guys pinging the ball to each other from one side of the pitch to the other side of the pitch. And I was like jaw flipping wide open. Look at look at the look at the technique, the talent of these guys. And uh that's where it all started for me, where I I was just fired up for football. I watched for a lot then. I watched them. I went to the final when they won the uh, the Milk Cup, as it was. Then they beat QPR in the final, the Milk yeah. Cup. Uh, and it's funny because I was I was actually at college, so I, I was a little different. I went to normal high school, finished at sixteen, and I went to college for two years. did a Did an economics um, A level and a computer science diploma whilst playing for Oxford United. So I got spotted by them, started playing in the youth team, and then before before you know it, I'm sure Marv, it happens kind of quickly. I'm playing in the reserves. And all of a sudden they want to sign me on a professional contract. So I finished college and sign a pro contract. So from watching them with my brother to watching them go on great runs. And by the way, when I, when I signed for Oxford United in 86, they were a first division team. You know, my, yeah. my full, my full debut, my full debut for my first start man ground against Liverpool, who are the champions, uh, English champions. And I've got a, I haven't got it here, funny enough, but my prized possession is a photograph of me dribbling past Kenny Dalglish on my full full debut. I mean, how does that happen? So, it, yeah, Oxford United was a was brilliant, brilliant. Loved it. I'm still flipping devastated that the Manor Ground's gone. The, man, the manor ground was what a little piece of heaven it was, and uh, sadly, modern days land values and all that—it's uh, not there anymore. But no, my best memories, and when I, when people ask me because I'm doing the NBC stuff, and people ask me a lot, well, who who do you support? Who's your team? And I said, I ain't got one. In the Premier League, I ain't got one. Yeah. If 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 you ask me, you know, years and years and years ago, when I was like 10, it's just... Then I, I, I used to watch enjoy Liverpool because they had like, um, before Douglas Kevin Keegan, Steve Highway, um, Eminem Hughes, Phil Thompson, Ray Clements, you know. But I mean, since then you get into being a pro and, and you're not... So I'm not a fan of anybody. Oxford United is always a fan. And of course, the England national team is what I get. I jump around. If, if there's a game I, get, I jump around, it's England. Um, Oxford... I'm a terrible fan. I don't. I, I don't track what they do now because I got so much going on. Right. And of course, I care about Middlesbrough. But um, Oxford was special days for sure.
0: Excellent. And do you, do you ever get a chance to, as a borough player, to play against Oxford?
1: I did. Scored against them. Scored against them. Yeah, almost. Almost the what? Uh, the first season. And it it, it it was before the time of uh, it, it trendy to you know uh, yeah. not, <laughs> not celebrating. So I was like, yeah, I, I wasn't bothered. I mean, I wasn't bothered. I was mean, the family there? I, did the family see it? Uh, I think so. Did you? I scored was he it like, like, I scored it. Damn him! <laughs> <laughs> my dad was there. I'm sure my dad was there. It was. Um, they would have all been there. It was at the Manor Ground. I think it was an Andy Townsend cross. So it was quite a bit after, wasn't it? It was quite a bit after when we, when we um played them. But no, I scored against Oxford. Yeah, so kind of weird, but yeah, we all we all went our separate ways back in uh, 1990.
0: Yes, certainly, certainly. So we got left back Christian Zieger. Let's go yep. back to your best eleven and the right
1: back. Yeah, right back. Um, yeah, Dave Dave and would would be in my thinking at right back. I I just gravitate to somebody that I I love him as a human being. Again, um, not a star player, right? So this guy isn't a star player in my, in my team, but, I loved his mentality, his loving of life when he came to Middlesbrough from Ireland, um, and, and getting into the first team, and 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 just staying around it. He was the best defender that I think that I saw at my time that I played with, a, a one-on-one defender when he was at his best. Um, very difficult. I saw it no winger really rip him to shreds um i think he's still coaching now i'll give you a chance to come in a second i think he's still he's, he's been an assistant coach for many many years um he's coached at palace bolton and middlesbrough he was an assistant coach and a qpr he's a current assistant coach at bristol city um brilliant brilliant irish fullback international you know who it is andrew I'm, i don't know if he played at right back i'm gonna was clayton blackmore he's welsh <laughs>
2: he's welsh
1: yeah, he? He, he's Welsh. he play, play with Clayton. He could play either side. Yeah. Um, no, this right. is... Sorry.
2: Um, no, I'm... I mean, I'm
1: the only to... other yeah. player
0: around that era I can think of is Curtis Fleming. Correct.
1: Curtis Fleming's oh, the
0: one. Yes, yes.
2: there
1: you Cur- go. Curtis yes. Fleming. Just, just... I'm, mean, again, not a star player. A bit yeah. like me, I guess, in the team. You know, we're never going to be the headline grabbers with all the, you know, they're flipping amazing tricks and skills and back heels and everything else, but a blooming good fullback. And 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 when I think back at right back, I just... The, the, There hasn't been anybody that I could say is better than Curtis Fleming. Colin Mm. Cooper played there a little bit. Um, Oh gosh, Gary Parkinson, God bless him now. He's struggling with a, with a really, yeah, horrible disease that he's got.
2: I've got so many names. I mean, I mean, like you said, I mean, that's why I think I'm struggling a lot because the amount of players, I think Um, when you did your research, I mean, I had, Viv Anderson, yeah. um, Neil Cox. Let you know I me mean? yeah, Coxie
1: <laughs> was good. Yeah, Coxie was That's really a, good, actually.
2: There's so many to choose from. So I was, I was yeah. a
1: little bit stumped there. With um, yeah, no, Coxie, Coxie w- w- would would have been very, very close. I just, I just for longevity have occurred it. Um, mm. and, and uh, yeah, he, he, you know, he wasn't brilliant on the ball, and and towards the end, he, he started getting a little bit of stick. I think, I, but I um, yeah, I admire Curtis Fleming more than any other right back. So he's getting right. it. Oh, excellent.
0: Perfect. Excellent. So we've got Fleming and Ziga, Who's in the middle of your right four?
1: Okay. So huh, this guy was my roommate for one season. I loved it. We talked. We talk football a lot. Incredibly high-profile high position right now. Do I do I say do, do I say anything? Any
0: <laughs> Is that why you jump around a lot as well? It's just <laughs> an extra additional he jump around for the England team a little bit more because of him.
1: Yeah. 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 Go Southgate. absolute yeah. ledge. Absolute ledge. Um, one of the most smartest guys I ever played with cared about what he did was the ultimate professionals. I'm sure you guys know, and he carries himself and, and he's got a, an intelligence about him that's, you know, you got to admire, haven't you? And the way that he deals with the media and stuff and, and what he's done with England, like the, is it the second most successful manager of England manager of all time um, for what he's done with the team up to this point? Um, and I, sw- I sent him, you know, typical uh, story, I sent him a little text before the World Cup saying, and I don't like to text him, I don't I don't text him a lot, you know, because, right. my goodness, you know, imagine the amount of people that want a piece of Gareth. But um, I just said, like, thinking of you, mate, thinking of you, and, um, you know, I'd love to catch up in, in a decade's time when we can go back and, and look at all this and, and, and basically, you know, wish him all the best of luck for the World Cup. And he said, you know what, it would be great to catch up in, in sometime in the future. And he said, I hope we do you proud. So he, he's 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 such a great, great guy, a great guy to lead England. And of course, the point of this team is a, a flipping excellent centre-back that could play midfield as well. I started off with playing against some um, for Crystal Palace in midfield. I actually spent some time with him at Lillyshaw in, in an injury rehab situation uh, way back in the late, early 90s, I think. Anyway, but Gareth Southgate has to be one of my central defenders, yeah. And my captain. Was that?
2: Was that, was that something you could foresee that that him going down that route, Robbie, when you, when you was playing with him and stuff? Was he, or not?
1: I, I, I did. Yeah, I I guess I did. I mean, we, we used to spend time, you know, like... I remember sitting in the in the, uh, the cafeteria after training, just, just getting X's and O's out on a piece of paper and like, you know, why didn't we do that? And if we pressed here and all this kind of stuff. So we were both very much into it. Obviously, he went down the managing road. He ended up being a playing manager at Middlesbrough um, and I went into the TV side of things, but we're still kind of very analytical in the way that we see things. So we had a lot in common. Um, yeah, I think so, Marv. I mean, I don't know. I think the, the experience at Middlesbrough, I didn't know whether or how he was going to get back in because it was he had a tough time. You know, the the yeah. club, our chairman, owner... Steve Gibson regularly put a lot of money into the team, as you're going to see from some of these signings I'm going to talk about a little later. Um, but at that period under Gareth there was no money coming in and 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 you know the rumours were that his company the owner's company wasn't doing so well so less money gets funneled into the to the football club and Gareth had to deal with very little it's hard to keep the team up and then after that you just don't know whether he's going to get involved again but of course the England youth teams and stuff and um, a, a, an appointment that was kind of out of the ordinary He's not as though he'd done the brilliant things in the Premier League to get that England job he, he went right. down a different path um, but what a great appointment it's been and, and what a way to re, reunite like The team, Marvin, to get the get them connected with the England fans again. Yeah. The England fans to be loving the team again and wanting to support the team the way that they come across and the, and everything. So no, with uh, smart that he's got, he should always be in football. Whether it's a yeah. coach, manager, director of football, we we need him in the game because he's super smart, respectful, intelligent, and um, yeah, he gets things done. He cares about it. You know, talented and, and he cares about what he does. That's that's a good start, isn't it? Yeah. I
2: think from from the outside as a as a England fan and obviously being able to play the game professionally it's, it's probably the best all-round chemistry I've seen a group of yeah. England players have under yeah. him than it's ever been, yeah. I feel
1: yeah, it meant like a club, like a club team atmosphere. The players have talked about it. I mean, I, 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 you know, I I, I would have flipped and run through a brick water play for England, I never got to in the, in the senior team anyway. So, um, I, I can't imagine what it's like in there, Mark. I don't know what it's like in there with players that turn up from Liverpool and Man United. And I, you know, maybe it's awkward, I don't know. But he, he found a way to get them all on the same page, didn't he? So that's that's yeah. you know, it's well done,
0: yeah. No, definitely. So, next to Southgate. Who have got Robbie?
1: Interesting. So I'm going to chuck in a few honorable mentions at this point. Center backs that I played with, uh, admired, loved. Steve Vickers was another, was a good pal of mine, room partner for many, many seasons, a reliable uh, defender. At Middlesbrough for a long period of time, and I'm going to chuck a bit of a blast from the past. Back in my Oxford days, again, these honourable mentions to a couple of centre backs that I reckon must have been at the time the toughest, hardest centre backs in the game. I Malcolm, agree. Sh- Malcolm Shotton, and Gary Briggs. Which one?
2: Briggsy. I mean, Briggs, one of them had muscles growing out of his, like in his Briggs. Forehead. Well, they both did.
1: But Briggsy yeah. probably. But they, but they, they both did. I used to, I used to take bloody Gary Briggs to training as a, as an 18 year old. I had a beat up little Fiat Panda that. Could hardly make it to the training ground because I had no money. Because the players told me, as soon as you can, you got to buy an apartment, buy a little flat, which I did, and I had no money. And Briggs, he got done drink driving, so I had to pick him up every morning, take him to training, and literally, and I, I, I promise you, the car used to stop on this major because it got it overheat. And I know to get out the car and push the car with Briggsy in it at a roundabout on the outskirts of Oxford nearly every bloody morning so I don't know I guess, I guess I got him to training just about but um but Briggsy was the hardest man in the world you know mm-hmm. at, at a time where Oxford we had we had we had um, we had Tommy Kate and God rest his soul. We had um, Billy Whitehurst, Briggsy, Shotten. It was the, it was the toughest. I mean, wow. What, what a, I, I just stayed out of the way and didn't upset these players. Um, <laughs> but Brig, but Briggsy and Shotten were, were good as well, by the way, they're effective. Strikers yeah. didn't want to play against those two. So i got to give those two honorable mentions. And the last honorable mention center backs, again, a guy that I absolutely adored was my captain. One of the best captains I ever had. Tony Mowbray, Tony Mowbray, coaching now manager now has been on been on uh, been many many clubs he went yeah. back to middlesbrough as manager he was a old school head everything not super technical but what a good natural defender mogga was tony morbay so he honorable mention but anyway i've got to get to who i've picked and it this guy's a character as well personality um uh, what what can i hit you with as a, as a teaser uh, he's been a premier league manager since cool. um maybe uh was a very very strong reason why Leicester won the Premier League because he was manager there just before it happened.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. He's um Curtis working with him right now. Is Correct at to Bristol? Bristol City.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Bristol City, yeah. I think is Nigel Pearson. Yes. Nigel Pearson, um guy. And we covered him for NBC um as Premier League manager. God blimey he I mean he he used to give us some real crazy press conferences and I and I think he he had a bit of a difficult time in his own personal life a little bit um But again, what a player, Nigel Pearson. I mean, again, I played with a lot of good centre-backs and Nigel Pearson, for a guy that's not like he was not, he's not 6'2 or 6'3 or a big, big, big guy. He used to win everything, win everything in the air. Um, Massive, massive heart, was such a reliable, um, dependable defender for us. Big, uh, tremendous captain for us as well. I've, I've, I've literally laughed, cried and bled with that guy, you know, all of them, all, all of them with Nigel Pearson through some great times, some final losses, some promotions, some relegations. Big Nigel is just, I don't know, just a brilliant leader person. And of course, a great centre back as well for our club. Um, so, yeah, he he gets this, this slot alongside Gareth Southgate as my two centre backs.
0: That's decent. That's a really, and it, I'd, I'd be really intrigued because perception from the outside is that... Southgate and Pearson even though they're both in management are almost I'm going to say chalkins, but do you know what I mean when I say that in they, terms they of are. They in, would in be. terms of thinking man rather than the get stuck yeah. in um, yeah. would that work well do you reckon, together is that what you wanted was that a plan of yeah thing?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, a little bit. I mean, Nigel wins every ball. Not that there's a lot of balls now that, that come airily from, from goalkeepers, everything else. The game's kind of changed now. It's kind of rare, isn't it? was we, like, wow, he just yeah. kicked a long ball out of his hands or something. We don't see it anymore. But Nigel's brilliant at that. And of course, Gareth would, would clean anything up. Gareth come out with the ball, could ping it. I mean Gareth could hit it with both feet. He's one of them lucky players. He can he can switch it with his left to the right back. He can do the same thing on the other side. Um, very two footed. But I think as a combination, Nigel Pearson and uh, Gareth Southgate. Yeah, uh, you got Curtis Fleming's defense. We, we ain't conceding many goals. You have got quality Ziegler on the left hand side with Gareth coming out with the ball. Um, things get a little get get a little more interesting when we go into midfield and in, in the attack. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think my big big Schwartz and, and that back fours it's not bad not bad
0: oh excellent excellent um I'm just gonna before we go for a quick break I'm just gonna ask you about um what I'd imagine most Middlesbrough fans obviously being a Luton fan I can't put myself in that situation Middlesbrough fans would say the best season of the ninth um for yourselves the double final um and I know the second one um didn't end that well for you personally as well as obviously as a team um what was that like I mean to have both and did you go into the second one having learned a lot from the first one,
1: Andrew? How long we got? I mean, it's a separate podcast, <laughs> isn't it? It's a, it's literally a separate podcast. That season, nineteen ninety seven, wasn't it? Is is just like it's. I remember when we were in it, we're thinking this is this is incredible. This like for us fighting, we we signed all these fancy players, and some of them made my team. Um, we we were brilliant in cup competitions. We were terrible in the league, and we had the whole thing with the three points deducted. We didn't send a team to Blackburn Rovers when we we could have sent a team, but our Our chief exec and the club said, you know what? We can't field a team. We're going to, we're okay. Not, not showing up. Anyway, we weren't okay. They three points. We've got deducted later in the season in the relegation area. We were assured that we're going to get them back. We had to hire this big QC to win the three points back on appeal. That was lost. And we ended up going down by two right? And we had three points deducted. So I won't accept that on my record as a relegation because on the field of play, we did enough to stay up. A yeah. decision that was out of our hands. We got de- deducted three points. We went down by two. Um, what an um, incredible, we got relegated at Leeds United, Ellen Road, I remember it now. I remember sitting on the pitch. I remember looking over at Gino, hands and head in his hands, crying. Um, so that's probably the worst. That was probably the worst day in my career. Leeds United relegated from that 97 season. And by the way, going into that game, guys, we played like Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, because we had so many games to make up because yeah. we are in the cup, cup every finals. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah we are in the cup and we had replays. <clears> and I mean, then back we, then it was two legs. Yeah. A lot of it was, it was second two legs. legs and, a lot yeah. of it was two legs. Yeah, quarterfinals, yeah. semi-finals. I think well, I think we'd be Liverpool. I mean, it was an incredible season and to play in a, in a League Cup final. I'm not sure what Amar feels about it, but for me, it was my it was a dream, an absolute dream. And and also on the back of, for us was Middlesbrough. We want to make history. For the club, they'd never won a major competition. And the League Cup final was probably the most powerful moment, just um, because it's the first time you walk out Old Wembley now from the edge of the pit, you know, that it's just amazing um, with the fans you know your family up to the right hand side and it was a hard fought game we were 1-0 up with about 2 minutes left and Emil Husky I think it was bundled the ball over the line um, to tend it to replay we lost the replay um, but that was to play in a cup final Wembley cup final it was, it, it was incredible um, and maybe I, I don't know whether that helped the second one Andrew talk about the FA cup final which which probably is the dream I mean that's what I did dream with yeah. my brother and my father when we used to watch the full game FA cup final as a kid and go out half time in the, in the front yard and knock a ball around to walk out in that was was probably the most special moment but the game is is goes down as my best and maybe my worst day as well because i finds a walkout and that is incredible you know it's like a super bowl i tell american fans here um but then my cartilage in my knee really is it blew 30, up my,
0: 35 minutes
1: or Something like that something like yeah. that i know ravinelli went off with a hamstring injury um and i went off soon after that and then of course the game went well, that's the game when Blimmin Di Matteo scored in the first few thir- seconds. Yeah, that was the 37. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I look at Ben Roberts trying to, you know, I'm like, God, oh, you should be able to save that, you Blimmin. But uh, anyway, so it, yeah, so so the, the injury was a nightmare. The game was a nightmare. The, the evening flipping function, which all clubs organise a function in case you win it. I remember sat there in pain all night with my flipping knee killing me. Um, oh, so they and still I still do they, the
0: function even if you lose. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not
1: great. Well, it's not a great function, but they've they've in the hotel. They've got a ballroom. There's a band. Every, everybody's there. The <laughs> players are there. The wives of the families there. It's the FA Cup final. I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah. the biggest. You know, so it, everybody was there. I remember my my kids were there. Super young kids were there. I think my my parents were there helping with with one of my kids in the room. Um, I mean, amazing memories, and, and and I've no regrets from it. I I I would say the way we went into the final was pretty shambolic. Just real quick on that, because you saw you in your question, you asking me about you know, did it help the second game? Yes, but but mostly no. You know, it was still huge. The the season had finished. We've been relegated. Circumstances were very different. You know, who's going to stay in the championship and who's going to who's going to go? You know, talk about Janino going and Ravanelli. Um, there was talk about him going. So Neil Cox, going back to Coxey, had done an interview with um, a tabloid, and Of course, they did what they do, and they they held back the story until the morning of the cup final. It's Neil Cox saying that Ravanelli and a few others shouldn't play in the final because they don't want to be here after relegation. And Ravanelli reads it in the hotel in the morning. We're we're getting ready with our Armani suits and all the gear to go to an FA Cup final. We have our team photograph. You know, everybody's excited and nervous and anxious. And 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 you've got Ravanelli trying to fight Neil Cox on the back row, trying to get to each other, given the story. So I mean, you know, that that's not a great feel vibe going into um going into Cup final I think I remember we had a we had a comedian on the bus going to to Wembley which seemed awkward to me trying to make everybody relax and yeah. and telling jokes and stuff like that I don't know it it, it it was um it wasn't the best preparation in the world we did we had an amazing season to get to two Cup Finals both lost them ultimately and ended relegation but I tell you it was still <laughs> It was a season that I'll remember more than any other, even though it didn't end up great. <clears throat> but just to get two cup finals was is some achievement. Yeah, many that do that, um, probably. Ended, I mean, yeah, yeah, pretty badly.
2: Yeah, I just want to jump in there. Mm. I mean, I know some players have said, look, I mean, they mean you'd get nothing for coming second. Uh, I'd rather not." Go, yeah. I, I've, I've never played in a cup final. I mean, I mean, with the Littlewoods Cup in '88, I played a, like a few of the games in the rounds ahead, but I mean, yeah, I was involved on the day, and like you said, it was it was a fantastic day for the club and for Luton, and we had this celebration at the, um, in London, and all that stuff. I'd rather play in a cup final and lose than not playing a cup yeah. final at all. Mm. That's that's me. I mean, I've never played in yeah. one. That's me. Uh,
1: and let me add to that, because I, I couldn't agree more. And you know what, sort of, winds me up a little bit sometimes and this is just and everybody's everybody's perspective is, is their own it's personal when sometimes pros top players say oh, i don't want to lose the medal and they throw their you know whatever yeah. competition it's in they throw the loser's medal away and like, i don't want silver i only want winners medals well i'll tell you what my three so we got the League Cup final, of the Blimmin next season as well. By yeah. We lost to Chelsea yeah. in the league. So my three cup final runners-up medals are in right next to my bed at night. They're in my sock drawer, and I sleep. And I, I, I keep them close, and I'm as I'm as proud as them as anything else. Because sometimes when you you have a long career, Marv, you, you know we all can't play at the top clubs and win everything. Yes. But when you get close to it, when you get close to that glory, and and you get a, a medal from from a, a cup final, an FA Cup final with it all, you know, stamped in the back of it, I'm I, I'm proud of that, and and yeah. it does wind up a little bit with some of these guys like oh I don't, yeah. I don't want this and throw medals away come on that's yeah not having that yeah no fair enough
0: oh thanks for that as and to quickly ask ravinelli you mentioned just then do you think and you don't have to answer this you don't want to do you think he was actually injured or do you think after the whole coxie thing thinking he was gonna get relegated coming no. off in your no, opinion
1: he, yeah my opinion was my my well i i, I Almost as fact, he, he was definitely injured. The the interesting thing is he probably shouldn't have played, Andrew. Right. He probably okay. shouldn't have played. So he was parried so going in. Yeah. Yeah. He, was, he was carrying it and there was a thought, should he play? Of course we need him. He's, he wants to play himself to be in a showpiece event, you know, looking to leave the club. Yeah. So he definitely, he, he wanted to play, but he, he probably wasn't right. So when he came, came off, it was like, well, he, he, he wasn't ready. I mean, the, the the amount of things that weren't, you know, best practice through yeah. the whole cup final day and stuff is, is a lot. So, um, yeah, I think... Nah, that's fair right, enough. Nah, it was no, it was, yeah. Yes,
0: great. So what we're going to do now is we're going to pause for a break and then when we come back, we'll hear the three midfielders and the three forwards. Oh, it's going to be good fit six players in <laughs> to that team <too>, um, <laughs> okay. of Robbie Musto's best 11. Welcome back to the second part of Robbie Musto's My Best 11. So far, we have Mark Schwarzer, Curtis Fleming... Christian Zieger, Gareth Southgate, and Nigel Pearson. Before we go into the midfield, I'm going to hand over to Marv for Marv's 60 seconds.
2: Okay, Robbie. Golden goal or penalty shootout?
1: Penalty shootout.
2: Pele or Maradona? Pele. Best ground played at Anfield. Favourite other sport? Golf. V A R or no V A R?
1: No V A R.
2: Fish and chips, pie and chips or pasta? <laughs> uh fish and chips. Favorite holiday destination?
1: Um, I'm going to say the Amalfi Coast, Italy.
2: The best dressed player. In your time when you was playing,
1: cool. Not many of them, much. Um, <laughs> best dress, yeah. Um, I'd say Scotty Parker, Scotty Parker okay. at Charlton
2: This one may be easy, then. The worst dress player, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it could be Kinchesky, yeah, yeah, it could be <laughs> Kinchesky. Um, Jimmy Phillips wasn't great. Dave Langham wasn't very good at Oxford United. Some of those, some of those go, going way back now. Um, uh, your house was scruff. We had a New Zealander called Kerry Evans who didn't care about what he looked like. Um, big shorts, was all right, yeah, and uh, the worst dress, Phil Whelan, guys so many players come to mind um, <laughs> so many I don't know who did I say at the start uh, you said
0: Konczewski right at the start yeah.
1: yeah he was scruffy he was scruffy
2: okay Bundesliga La Liga or Serie A quality
1: hmm well I worked on uh, I worked on Sayan La Liga for ESPN um, I did love La Liga guys doing uh, Barcelona and that Real Madrid team that Jose came into so La Liga yeah
2: one more month okay um, Messi or
0: Ronaldo
1: Messi, 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 Messi,
2: Messi,
0: Messi right. Excellent, excellent. So you have mentioned in there, Um, Anfield. You like you said, you said that that's the if you had to default back because of course I live in Australia. Everybody here believes the 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 football only started in 1992 when the Premier League was started. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's the same over in America. I can't make that assumption. Um, but you supported them when you were a young kid. What was it like the first time you played there?
1: Well, just atmospheric, really. I think we all see that this is Anfield sign when we when we're growing up and stuff, and that little the little steps down onto the field to play. Um, it's just a special. I just found it to be a bit special. It wasn't it was it was it, I, I, I still regard it as being a, a real football club. It's not, you know, it's not a uh it's not a particularly corporate. Um, not dominated by corporate stuff, boxes, and all that kind of stuff. You uh, never walk alone, of course, is a special anthem that it, it, it feels so special when you experience it um and, and maybe in and not the, the, the grandest of stadiums and yes. there's others i could mention i mean highbury was a special place with the, with the warm marble flipping floors in the dressing room <coughs> that was that was incredibly incredibly immaculate the pitch at, at highbury i've never it's like a perfect carpet um i mean wembley wembley's different i mean i i, I don't kind of put that in the category old wembley at that point but i just think for special places old trafford's big i mean i played i'm lucky i played all all The biggest stadiums then, um, and Anfield just felt it had something different, had a bit more atmosphere about it, uh, and historic nature of it. The Shankly, um, the memorial outside the gates, the Shankly gates and stuff outside it. So, um, yeah, that's that's probably that's probably the the, the stadium that I enjoyed going to and felt like this is a special place more than any other.
2: No, awesome. All right. All right. I have to jump in there as well, Robbie, and say that similar with same age I mean Luton same old first division English Premier League now we had a a good field but when I went to Anfield that year the first time it's the first time when I've walked out onto a field where I thought the grass was literally pristine and just cut it was so much better than our the the the, the surface of the carpet like just about hybrid that is the first thing I mean apart from anything else the, the the crowd never walk alone but the the surface, what we played on, I was like,
1: yeah, wow. And, and your touch, you, and it affected your touch. So if your touch wasn't spot on, it's going to roll away. It's like a putting yeah. green. So it's quick. So you, you, if your touch isn't right, it gets away from you. You're Flipping out, you, you, you're going to lose the ball. So it, it made you. I mean, it's great. It helped you with there's no bubbles and stuff. But but when yeah. when the ball's you know around your feet, it, it rolls because it's so yeah. it's so firm and so the grass is so short. So nah. No, it's uh, blimmin' amazing. All right, excellent.
0: Excellent. Um, so we're going to get on to midfield. Where do you want to start? How are you oh, going to play? I don't man. know. How are you playing these three? Are you just playing them all up front? Uh,
1: I got, actually, this. these three is a, is a pretty flipping good blend I'm going to go with here, okay. right? It's a pretty good blend, really. In terms of midfield players, these three have got everything. Everything. Honourable mention. Honourable mention first off, by the way. And again, I'm going to hit you with somebody that's not a big name. But I absolutely loved and adored playing with them. When we got promoted as Brian Robson, our manager, it was me and Jamie Pollock in midfield. Jamie Pollock and me were the the two young kind of guns in midfield that that we had a really good first season, and and Brian Robson gave us the support to carry on. Jamie Pollock was one of the toughest players I ever played with as well. Very, very strong player technically very very good doesn't make my team by the way I've got my midfield is astonishing but I wanted to mention uh, Jamie Pollock I will mention Brian Robson I mean I'm not going to put him in because he, he played so few times for us at Middlesbrough he was a player manager and I, I suppose with some of the other stuff I'm going to mention of course he could be in there uh, given what he was like as a player but maybe you know I didn't play enough for, for, for this to feel like best that you've played with um, in terms of times I played with him so I've got to mention Brian Robson yeah. I'm can, I, gonna can mention, I just
0: pause you there You're yeah Brian yeah. Robson, what was it like when he turned up and stood on the pitch? Because we we have quite a few ex-Chelsea players um, from the 90s, uh, don't we Marv, who talk about yeah. when Glenn Hoddle turned up everybody was just like, wow this is this is ridiculous <laughs> and he was turned up at Chelsea, I was past his peak um, he'd been at Swindon, etc um, so what, or you talk about people at um, QPR and Ray Wilkins doing the same thing, was it that kind of like, this guy still has it, he's incredible, he's still on the on the training ground and he is bossing. Was it like that with Brian Robson still? Yeah,
1: it was. But before that, real quick, when he first walked into the room when he was announced as our next manager by Steve Gibson, and we weren't sure he was walking through the door, by the way. When he walked in, you could feel like the air, like it was, it was, Amazing to, to be so close to this guy that I certainly revered as a, as a young midfield player it was the best like that I that I could remember at that time. Um, so for him to be the manager was great, but back on the training ground and this is what's so interesting about Brian Robson in my opinion. And, and of course he was my manager for, was it like seven years? I did like yeah. five years, many, many years. He's my manager um, as a manager. He's so different to what he was as a player. So as a manager and taking meetings, he was so much less comfortable in that, position of public speaking and of trying to get you know he was he looked a little anxious doing it now and in some ways off the field a little kind of quieter and maybe a little i can't can't say shy can i for brian robson but just a little quieter the reason i'm saying that is to go to what he was like on the training ground absolutely and and the pitch as a player absolutely chalk and cheese like polar opposites on the training ground he was as you would imagine the fiercest trainer player technically excellent aggressive in the tackle constantly leading shouting cajoling everybody sweat coming off him he was the ultimate as you would expect Brian Robson to be on the training ground and in games, by the way, one of the first games he played for Middlesbrough as a player manager, he flew into the goalkeeper who's come out like that and cut all his, he's got a big scar to this day on his forehead where he went bravely into something that he should have never gone into. Um, So that, that, that was the thing. Like I can't sit here and say that Brian Robson was this, was this, you know, amazing coach and, and, um, but he was an inspirational figure because of who he was and how he conducted himself when he trained, in the early years and then of course when he played in the early years as well and and I learned more from Brian Robson by being around him on the training ground by playing with him in the small-sided games and, and training and a couple of times I'm sure we played together on a match day I learned more in that in that period than I ever did in my career I think just in terms of what it takes to be a top player and and through this team there's there's players that were top players I'm going to, we're going to get to. Um, Gareth Southgate's one example, Christian Zieger a little bit as well, where I can see. And my first midfield player, which I'm going to in a second, I absolutely saw this why they've been at massive clubs and why they've played internationals, and I haven't. And I could see the difference. And it's pretty cool to see it and witness it. So Brian Robson was the first of those that's like, uh, that's yeah, that's a different level. Um, so the way he trained was like mind blowingly powerful.
0: Oh, excellent, excellent. Sorry to interrupt you. you going through honourable no, mentions no. I just wanted to I was wondering just how, what he's like
1: yeah yeah Only one other honourable mention um, great guy Andy Townsend we had Andy Townsend RS international captain uh, was a brilliant midfield player box to box scored goals tremendous pro lovely person Andy Townsend um, doesn't get in my team in midfield. So, anyway, so let's get to it. Three guys in midfield that, in terms of blend, is beautiful. First player, and I'll give you a few clues. One of those players, I'm not sure there's been that many, that played for both Manchester United and Liverpool.
2: Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought I got three players in my mind, and uh, he's he's one. he was one of them, one of the three. Go Marvin. Um, Paulins.
1: Paulins. Yep. Yeah. Paulins. Now, if I'm being brutally honest again, first off, loving, so he loved, loved him. First coming to the club, and we give him a little bit of stick about, you know, you're not, know, you're not the governor here, you know, because it's all he was the governor, was <laughs> We all had to call him the governor in previous clubs. We, so we, we had a bit of a joke with him at that, and he he was a brilliant guy, Paulinch, You know what, a, what a, you know, it, there's a bit of a front to him. He's got this this kind of large personality and a, and, a, and a bravado that. I didn't mind it. Some people got a bit wound up with it. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I just thought when you got talking to him, and I did a lot on the bus, talking everything football, very smart guy, Very smart guy. Um, But more more importantly, on the training ground again, and in some of our matches, he probably wasn't at his best in his career. This goes back to my first statement about their pomp. This team's pretty amazing um, because he's kind of a little bit older. That's why some of these came to to Middlesbrough Football Club. Um, But just in terms of his quality, I mean, striking the ball with both feet, dribbling past players, scoring goals for Middlesbrough, leading, challenging, tough in the tackle, you know, a, a commanding figure in the middle of the park for us could do everything. Could do everything, and I remember playing against the Ince at uh, West Ham, and he he dropped his shoulder again um, in a game we played, and he went dribble past me as if I wasn't there, and like, and I could I could defend most midfield players and track them and catch them and slide in them But Inci was he was talented, very, very talented. So it's great to play with him. And um, you know, England, international, regular player for England, great for both United and Liverpool. Though I don't know the fans might differ on that a little bit. But in terms of midfield players, and of course that was my position, right? I I, I know what I, I know what I know of midfield players. And and in, in terms of a midfield general and how this blend of this team's gonna gonna uh this is gonna shape up Inci is a is an integrated part. And I think I think we would always given what he was like as a player throughout his career. He's always going to be in my midfield. So Ince is my my first guy. My I guess my holding player in this three.
0: Yes, and he loved a bit of Italian um, back then as well. So obviously he played for Inter. It? It Inter. Inter for a little yeah, while as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You forget how many clubs I, I forgot he even played for West Ham as well. So you forget how many clubs he's actually played for. When you yeah. start thinking, Um, he's gone through a few. Uh, yeah. So is he going to be a bit more of the holder? Um, or are you just going to let your feel go?
1: Well, he's going to be—I guess—he's going to be a bit of a holder. We can at see who's coming at, at certain <laughs> yeah. moments. At certain moments, I want him to get forward because he's, he's yeah. again like with both feet. I can't do that. I mean, he could get the ball out of his, of his, um, between his feet and he could strike it beautifully with his left foot. He's a right footed player in yeah. but he could strike it beautifully. I mean, we, we, all pros really know how to strike the ball and it, and it's different. Amateurs can't strike it like pros for the most part. I don't, I wouldn't think. Cause you kind of, you, 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 you watch it and you learn it and you execute it. And it's fun to ping a ball, keeping it low, straight, like an arrow. Well, Ince could do that, of course, with his right foot. But he also do it with his left foot, and and I'm sure me and Marv tried to do that left foot. It's good. We're going to bend some, we're going to shank some, we're going to, you know. So, so just a yeah, Ince was a, a very talented player that can do a little bit of everything, getting in the box, scoring goals. But mostly in this team, I think I'm going to need him to hold a little bit of time.
0: Yes, yes. So. We've got Ince. Let's keep mm. going.
1: Okay, so this player. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Oh blimey. So if, if this this goes in the category of he wasn't he wasn't at his best at our club, but in terms of natural talent and ability, I think he is the best player I ever played with. Again, Tottenham as well. He did. There's only one Gaza. Yeah. There's only one Gaza. It's got to be Paul Gascoigne. And I and again, Borough fans didn't see the best of him. And him, you know. Uh, maybe again that period of his life so many mental challenges yeah. so many difficult health challenges by the way is his own um mental health and stuff was at the root of a lot of the issues that he had um i know that he feels that he he and i read both of his, i read a couple of his early books i'm not sure how many he's done now but i read a, a book that sort of talked about how proud he was getting as far as he did in the game given his mental challenges and his health challenges and stuff. So um and, and what I what I do say about Gaza is yeah, there weren't many days where he came into training in tip-top condition because of all the issues, yeah. but he did a few times. And when he came into training and he wasn't flipping hungover or on sleeping pills or whatever, whatever stuff that he's using to try and he he was incredible he was incredible on the training ground and and that's something I'll never 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 forget I'll never take away from 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 my thoughts of Gaza without thinking about what he was like and there's a couple of games I played in practice games on the training ground that he was different level different level and at this point I am I'm, I'm in I'm in my prime really physically and that and what I did as a midfield player I played against Gazza in a training ground um 11v11 11 11 one day and I remember the situation in the game where um Gazza is going to receive the ball I go and pressurize him just before I go and pressurize him. I like, as I always do, you have know, you look over your shoulders as a midfield player. What's he got? Cause I want to get into the head of the, of the player that I'm going to go and press because I'm a midfield player. He is. I know what he, I think I know what he's thinking. So I look over my shoulders. He got a striker. Can I, t- can I tempt him with the ball into striker and then intercept it? Um, not really got much there. Yeah. He's got, he's got wingers on both sides. They're both marked. He ain't got, he's got nobody running in behind through the center. Like I can go and press him. So I go and press him. And he, of course, he, he, he makes a bit of space for himself. He fakes a, a, a pass to the right side. He checks it back onto his left foot. And, and that moment, he clips a ball over the top of the center of our, our centre-backs. As he clips it, I'm looking around and I see Alan Armstrong, a wide player that was on the left wing for in that training ground with Gazza. He started to make a run. And before Gazza had played the ball, he he was running in behind. So Gazza had checked from one side. There was nothing on when I checked a second before. I look again as he's about to play it. He plays a dink ball over the top of our centre-backs. Perfectly time for Alan Armstrong to run in from the left to go through and score, and I'm like, wow, you know, how how has he seen that? Because he almost played the ball before Alan Armstrong's movement. Uh, you know, it's things like that, and his ability to dribble, to drag back with both feet. Um, I, I, you know, in terms, of the next player I will get onto in a second is super talented and was amazing for us, but Gazza's Raw. Natural talent and ability was was special, and and again as a as a midfield player like myself, kind of steady Eddie, I guess in 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 that point in, in the Premier League as a midfield player, I'm like wow, that, that's that's different level that is. So Gaza has to be in my team. I mean, other things that he did for me, he did so much for me uh, in my testimonial year in terms of getting me stuff for my auction, for getting stuff for my sportsman's uh, for my uh, auction at my dinner, he, he was obsessed with helping me out. In one summer before the the year kind of got kicked off, he used to phone me every few minutes, like when his head was on it. So it'd be an afternoon where he's phoning me every two or three minutes for a couple of hours. Robbie, I've I just spoke to Michael Owen. He's going to get you a signed Liverpool number seven shirt. You know, great. I'm going to get some others on it. That's great. I said, oh, guys, are brilliant. Thank you so much. Again, Beckham. Beckham's going to sign a number seven. We're going to try and get the other famous number sevens on that shirt as well. But his wife, she won't sign it. Thank you. I've got I've got a shirt coming from Lazio. I've got all this stuff. I mean, he, he gave me his butter with the England um England squad they get a golf club you know they get a free set of golf clubs he, he donated his putter he donated these one-armed bandits you know these like machines these fruit machines yeah. they call uh, in the uh, slot machines I guess the, the Americans would call them and they they made four prototypes for Gaza to go to the World Cup I think it was 98 and remember Glenn Hoddle kind of let him go at the last second so the prototypes were never going to go into production but they were like if you get the three sevens up you know this picture of Gaz on their tears put, coming out of his eyes and he starts crying and all all this fun stuff in these these um slot machines that weren't ever going to get made he donated two of them so i could auction in my dinner so (laughs) there's so so much that he did for me and he did for everybody i mean he he did pick up a newspaper and he did contact somebody that that wants their daughter or son to go to america for an operation that can't afford to do it he did those things you know and um they never got publicized so much um there's again it's, it's a separate podcast probably with some of the other gaza stories of, of his pranks um just one quick one because it affected me directly is that his first day of training at the uh, Rockliff. It's his very first day of training of course we all you know we train we finish up and all that and he's changing next to me in the in the dressing room um and i'm i stayed on the deal a bit in the gym or something and, I, and i'm late so i finish my shower i'm late anybody else is gone i get i get got my clothes on put my socks on and i um i go to i Go to put my my shoes on, and I I literally leap out of my shoes. He'd filled the bottom of my shoes with drawing. I mean, this is the first this is the first day of training. Like you know, like talk about ease yourself in. So he's like, he filled the you know his drawing pins go on the bottom of my toes. I put my feet into my my shoes. You know, it, 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 he came. He thought of pranks and jokes that you would never. You would never think of, you would never, ever think of um, what, what, a, what, a, what a bloke, what a bloke and, and what a help. But, but most importantly, and I'm sure he, he'd rather me talk about how great your player. And I think, again, maybe Burrow didn't see it too many times, um, but I saw it. I've seen it before in his past, some of the the cup run at Spurs and, and at Newcastle. I think I played against him in his early days at Newcastle when I was at Oxford United in the mid-80s. And he was the, the hot thing coming through and he looked brilliant then. But gaza has got to get in my team. He just has. And I know he wasn't amazing for us, but what a bloke, what a player. Uh, gaza in my midfield alongside Paul Ince. Oh,
0: wowzers. <laughs> so let's keep going past Gaza if we right. can.
1: All right. So, so... Who will link beautifully with these two midfield players, uh, Paul Ince and uh, Paul Gascoigne, is the Brazilian. The little Brazilian. The little Brazilian, the little fella, Janinho. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now, now, he is the best player that I played with at Middlesbrough that, that did it for the club. You know, some of the other players, for different reasons, you know, they weren't amazing for a long period of time at Middlesbrough Football Club. Janinho was great. It was great, 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 and and just from day one, from coming into the club and and fully committing to it, fully committing to it. His family came over. He had the biggest heart in the world for a little guy. He was such a skinny little dude, but wonderful person, big personality. And an amazing player, an amazing player. And we all were like jaws on the ground when we did our first session where we were dribbling through cones. I mean, he's like so quick through these cones. Um, it was pretty amazing, his skill and his ability. And he was brilliant for us. He was brilliant for us. And I think all Middlesbrough fans would say he's the best player ever played for the club. So he absolutely was a big part of why we get to two cup finals. Of course, he was and others were as well. The star power to bring him to the club was amazing. And and we had samba bands and everything. All the Brazilians came to the Riverside. Um, Him and Emerson came. Emerson's close to getting to my team, by the way. Emerson's another that, yeah. one. What a flipping player he was. But, you know, I, I've got Gascoigne. I've got Paul Ince. I can't, I can't have everybody in there. So many great midfield players. Um, But but Janinho is 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 a lock in for this team of course he is and those cup runs the skills the dribbles the goals the assists by the way the weight of that final ball the through passes Janinio had it all as a as an attacking midfield player so you know i tell you that takes some beating as a midfield yes. that i played with that in their pomp would take some stopping so you know i i think that's a pretty well-blended, talented, midfield
0: three. 100%. I mean, you mentioned um, Emerson, Janina. Was it a little bit like, going back to the day now, was it a little bit like a Teletext moment in that that kind of season when that pre-season when you're like, another one, another one? Because obviously it's mm-hmm. not like social media these days week. You, oh, somebody's dropped somebody's flown in on the private jet and you've got people tracking stuff. Was it a little mm-hmm. bit like that? Did you have, or did you guys have a massive heads up? It was going to be this big, this many players.
1: We We, we didn't have a massive heads up but we started to understand Giannino was one of the first yeah maybe maybe he was the first you know, he, he 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 came before Avanelli and a few others um, and of course at this point we'd moved from Essen Park into the Riverside with Brian Robson as our manager we had a successful season without Janino, to be fair me and Jamie Pollock played in midfield I think we finished mid-table in that, in the, or just under mid-table in the first season and then things got crazy and Janino was one of the first of those so to answer that after Janino, it, it then started to become apparent wow the, the chairman is going to throw a lot of money at this this is this is fun times exciting times particularly some of the attacking players that you brought in you know you could argue some have oh it was the team balanced enough you had all these star attacking players were we balanced enough which is some merit to that were we defensively balanced enough were we too tilted and, and tilted towards attack possibly but um no it was an exciting time and, and for me you know i had to adapt my game I had to adjust my game a little bit because this is before this is before NC. You got Emerson, you got Janino, a couple of others that might get a mention. Say Craig Hignett that doesn't get a mention, but it's a really good good player. I was thinking, well, I used to get forward and score goals for Middlesbrough at the early days. Um these are better than me at doing that. So I need to I need to adapt here a little bit. So I ain't gonna stay part of it So I use my energy that way and engine to to be the guy to to run around and get the board to win and to win tackles and to you know, to, to be that side of it to feed it to Janino, to give it these star players, to, to make things happen. And that's an important part of my evolution I suppose as a midfield player and why I was able to stay with this team and this club that were trying to do great things is I had to adjust I had to adjust my game and uh I I've I- I guess I figured out what was needed for the team and I was prepared to do that. And it was appreciated by the manager, Brian Robson, who played me, you know, a lot of the time. The fans appreciated what I did as well. Um, and it just made sense, didn't it? It just made sense for me to, to turn into that player instead of thinking I'm going to get ahead of some of these these attacking players, um, Emerson and Janina in particular, that, that come to the club. Yeah.
2: That's smart of you to think like that though, Robbie. That's credit to you. Because, I mean, some of our players could think, well, you know what? They're signing... Janino, they're signing, Emerson, I'm not, there's no place yeah. to be here now, I need to go. But like you said, you rethought and said, no, well, let me Try and adjust my the way I play to see if I can make and, a way and,
1: of me. And, and I, oh, who, who wants to leave that? I didn't want to leave it anyway. <laughs> like it was exciting times, like this new stadium and, and promoting into the Premier League again. And gosh, it was, I mean, I, I I wanted to stay with it. So that's part of you know, I, I I could have been like that if I would have thought I could get another big club or a good club. But but I just yeah, I was settled. I'm not that type of person that wants you know is going to look to get out of a club. And uh, yeah, I fe- I found a way to stay with it. That's why I said right at the beginning of this, you know. I was good for the club. The club were good for me because the club was going on a a line like that and I was happy to try and stay with that and enjoyed the run, the Premier League, the great players, the cup finals that came on the back of it.
0: Yeah, excellent. So we've got three midfielders. Let's see what we do with the three forwards. Are you playing two wingers or... Big man, another um, ten and then two up front.
1: Yeah, the, the 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 one position's a bit well not really a bit of a force. I think in a different team, I think one of my players played there. But no, I got a front three. So I got a central striker, I've got a player on the right hand side, you know, I got I got a player on the left hand side. Um I'll start with my right forward. Um and really, really an important player as we transitioned from the Robson kind of beginning of Robson into the the fun years at the the Riverside Stadium new stadium Premier League um player that played for for Tottenham as an attacking player I'm going to try and see if you guys can get this one he played for England um very skillful very creative maybe doesn't not not a player that now would roll off the tongue of a lot of observers of of football then but but Play for Liverpool. You, you, yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, I yeah. think he did. Who are you thinking? Nicky Barmby. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Nick Barmby. He is such
0: an underrated player.
1: Yeah, such
0: an underrated yeah. player. That time, I mean, I remember him more so at Liverpool than at uh, Borough. But you're right. Yeah, sensational yeah. player.
1: Sensational player and um great attitude. It was in brilliant condition. Technical, scored goal for us, created goals for us, linked up with Janino like you wouldn't believe. I mean, that 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 was a fun team to be in. And again, I just give it to those those players, and, th- and they make things happen. Very opinionated player, Nick Barnby. Very strong-minded player, strong-willed player. But I think of all the attacking players in trying to make up a great team, you know, and Craig Hignett was a similar player to, to Nick Barnby, and, and Higgy gets a mention because he was a similar type of player w- with with really good good passing range. And creativity from Craig Hignett, you know, and he kind of was in 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 in, in out of the team a little bit. I remember in the Premier League, but I mean, it's tough to get in with so many star players there. But Nick Barnby, he gets in my team on the right side of a front three because of his his quality, his quality. So I enjoy playing with Nick Barnby. Um, great guy, great family. Um so yeah, Nick Barnby on the right.
0: He was came across as a very, very quiet. I'm surprised his opinion. He came across to me as I don't know about you, Marv, as a really quiet No, that's well that's the one thing what surprised
2: me when you said that as well, Robbie. I mean, I, he looked like one of those players who just went about doing his own thing and not really saying too much. So yeah, it's interesting I, that you I, say I that. I think
1: I think you can be quiet and opinionated. I think you True. can be. And I think you got, you know, you you you, you he, he was tough mentally. He was tough mentally, um, yeah, and, and he he wouldn't mind having an argument with with many players and stuff. He was uh, feisty, feisty bombs was, and uh, I loved it about him. I loved it about him, and I and I, I just loved his quality and his dedication. Um, yeah, England international player. And I, uh, I mean, are there other players that played on the right.
0: I mean, Stuart, uh, did you play with Stuart Downing.
1: Well, only for a little bit. For a Andrew. little
0: bit at the end of the end
1: of I remember, time. Yeah. Because I, because I, I think he came into training as a real young player and I was a senior player. And I'm, I remember thinking straight away, God, blimey, this, this kid can play. Like he was, he, yeah. you know, the one end where the academy was so great, they pushed him into the first team to, to play a little bit. Um So he was a great player. Another honourable mention I've got to give to a a right-sided player, actually two players. I think about another one now, actually. Um, I really enjoyed playing with John Hendry. John Hendry signed Henry. me at Middlesbrough in 1990, signed at the same time by Colin Todd. Um, absolute character. Really good player for Middlesbrough. Really good player. Underrated. Um, and the other one went on to win a Premier League title. Close to getting in my team. What well, if you guys can get this guy? so. John, no, I love... Merson's another one. I, was gonna, I wasn't um, sure
0: if you were going to play Merson on the left.
1: No, I'm not. i got somebody else from the left. Um, Merson was close to getting in it. Merson was yeah. so... Imp- for us, we got relegated. He came in um, for that one season in the championship. He he scored and created almost every flipping goal. It, amazing. So Merson was, was a tremendous player for us. Um, you know, blonde hair, went to he won a Premier League title. He won, a, he won a Premier League title. He moved from Middlesbrough to then a club in the north that was spending tons of money at that time. And they blonde won a blonde, super blonde hair, powerful winger, strong cop season, you know, you, you're not going to stay in 200 metres or whatever. He was a powerful boy. And he went, it was a winger, right winger for a team that won the, the, the Premier League for a team that, that's never won it, certainly afterwards, and never come anywhere. I did not even know where they are now. I don't even know what league they're in now. The, 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 the Premier League side. So the Premier League side is... Blackburn. Blackburn. Blackburn yeah. and the right winger. I, I remember. Real I got Co- him. I got him. Wilcox yeah. on the left. I What's I his?
2: Oh, his name is. He
0: was quick, wasn't he? Yeah, he was quick, strong. Quick, um, Ripley Street, Street, Ripley yeah. Stuart Ripley Stuart ah. Ripley Stuart yes. yeah. yeah. Stuart Ripley. Oh yeah, yeah what, him and Jason Wilcox were on that.
1: Yeah. Another oh, wing, yeah. Shearer, Shearer up front, uh, Tim Shearer in midfield. Was it Batty in midfield as well? The yeah, Mike up front. Yeah, yeah, it's a good team. And Ripley was an important part Ripley, of uh, yeah. Yeah. For, uh, for Alan Shearer. So Ripley gets a mention, but I still just edge on Nick Barmby uh, for his technicality. And 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 I just enjoy playing with him, particularly at the Riverside when we first moved in. That's some, some great memories.
0: Excellent. So we've got Nicky Barmby on the right. Who's on the left? Let's go left.
1: Well, this player that we had at the club was another one of those that through other reasons we were able to get um, probably a little, you know, got a lot of that, which is always, always helpful for, for getting the big names in. Um, but in terms of his, I don't think he, 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 he should have been one of the best players in the world for a long period of time, but for whatever reason, mentally, he was, a, he was a, he uh, was oh, blimey. He, he was a, he was a difficult guy to communicate with, to handle, to manage temperamental, Moody, brilliant, but brilliant. International? Yeah, Croatian, Marv.
0: Yeah, um, I got it. Alan yeah. Boxic. Alan
1: Boxic, Alan yeah. Boxic.
0: He came across as that, like, almost, uh, I don't want to use the word arrogant, but that, or was aloof? He was aloof, He was, aloof. Yeah. He was very he, aloof. Yeah. Who
2: was on here talking about him? Who else was on here oh, saying about the know. house and stuff? He had like, yeah, who was that, Andrew? Someone said that he had, like, literally a ridiculous amount, of, like, money they were paying him. Who was that we had on here? was at Middlesbrough and uh, said about he had this massive like different like women and what I can't think I
0: mean
2: that. I can't remember that
1: yeah no. Nah, nah. I think there was a few stories about where he lived and how he lived and, and all that kind of stuff he was a single guy I think at the time um, yeah but in terms of a specimen in terms of a flipping athlete he was over six foot tall yeah, he was quick as anything. He had power. He had a brilliant physique. He had lovely touch. He scored some great goals, little dink-dink goals and bent goals into the top corner. And we're training with this guy. And I'm like, you know, like, like you, you sort of imagine like a, a thoroughbred racehorse to be. He yeah. was a, he was flipping I'm like, what is he doing here with us? What is he doing here with us, uh, Alan Boxish? Because he was that rounded as a player. Right. But I it's guess- right. Did he smoke as well? Did he smoke? May have done. Was it Lazio Lazio he
0: made? Lazio. Yeah, Yeah. he did
1: make his name a Lazio. He's brilliant for Lazio. He he should have been. Was he at Juve? I don't know. Um, But he should have been. I remember thinking, you shouldn't be at Middlesbrough and we loved Avenue (laughs) because of his talent and all the tools that he had. God, what what an incredible forward that we saw flashes of that. But again, just too much going on. And that maybe is a reason why he wasn't at, at flipping Real Madrid or Barcelona winning yeah. titles, because he didn't have the mentality, the mental strength maybe to do that consistently but in terms of a, of a footballer and i keep going back to my initial statement and you got to remember where i'm coming from here on Middlesbrough, and saying like at the peak of their powers so at the best of these this team i'm saying they could win a premier league title because we didn't see it from many of these players i've already i've already gone over that and said yeah. that a few times but again he he really does fit into that category of if we saw him at his best and maybe not even at middlesbrough but at other clubs he he was a phenomenal footballer that um, I always mention, you know, when I say talk about the players that I play with and all these players that came in, got the Mersons and, and and every and there's so many. Um, Boxcich gets gets a mention as being one of the best because of what he looked like in training and some of the games. Uh, phenomenal, brilliant, brilliant player, a, a natural-born footballer. When you looked at his physique and his pace and his touch, just very, very, very good.
0: No, ah, excellent. You mentioned. Uh, I'm intrigued. You mentioned it a lot, like you said, lots and lots about Middlesbrough, about getting players maybe not quite right. That kind of no. perspective. Um, yeah. The yeah. Amazing players, but mostly not quite right in their head or whatever it is. I'm interested to see, and you've <laughs> openly said you are not a Middlesbrough fan, so this is going to be a totally open um, fair comment. Do you think that could be something that holds Newcastle back with all the money they have? Is the location taking them up to Newcastle, um, or is it a lot of because money talk, but not always for the top 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 players? They can get that money in most places. It's also about the other stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a really good question, Andrew. Really good question. I think I think our cases are a little different, but I, but I know what you mean. If if you're a if you're a top top Champions League player. And you got a chance of going to Chelsea or Arsenal in London or living up in the Northeast. That's that's a bit of a challenge, I think. Um, and you're also right in saying that money talks. And a lot of these players that we had in is because we prepared to pay them a ton of money. Um, and and you know Middlesbrough st- and I I love the club. You say I'm not a fan. I, I I'm not a fan a traditional yeah. fan of Middlesbrough, yeah. but I, I care about them. And and the and the club knows that and the fans know that I care about them for being there so long. And I'm I'm like that. The Michael Carrick can continue the good work and get them back on. Air in the US. Let's get back on you know Premier League mornings or whatever to, to get them back in the Premier League. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's valid. I think it is valid. I mean, anyhow, right now with what he's doing, it almost like he doesn't need those superstar players because he's developing players and they're smart on their recruitment and it's gonna be a gradual thing. Um, so I guess it what yeah, I guess in some ways it could be similar. We'll see how it, it plays out at Newcastle United. Um, but but I guess yeah, if, if they're looking for the top, top stars, it might be a consideration just in geographic wise, which is crazy, isn't it? I mean, it's crazy isn't it? because I mean, all these players have got private jets and they, I mean, they, they can, I mean, if they're from Europe, it's not far, is it? We live in the U S and like, you know, we think nothing of getting on a five hour flight or wherever. Um, so I wouldn't think I hope wouldn't be a reason for them not to go just in terms of where it is, um, but it's something to watch. And, and, and I'm not even sure that the club are going to go for that profile of player, what it costs and stuff. I've well, seen that PSG play.
0: doesn't work or oh, yeah. it hasn't worked so far. Um, yeah. And they, yeah they haven't got much out of it. So yeah. maybe you're right. Maybe they are going down a different route with Saudis. Yeah, slightly the different. Tourists.
1: Well, they, are, they definitely are so far. I mean, you know, with the players they've signed um, <coughs> in the future, when they get more revenue that can balance out the signings, the spending money, we might see it differently. But um, no, it's an interesting and it's something that I think we should watch as to what type of player they get uh, and for what reason. Yeah. Did
0: you ever have a chance to move away from borough? Do you ever get a couple of options?
1: I mean, um, no, no, no. There's one moment we had a manager called um Lenny Lawrence. He came oh, in pretty early. Oh knows Lenny. Right, Lenny, yeah. okay,
0: Lenny right, on the port. Right, Luton. Yeah.
2: yeah. Of course,
1: Luton. Of course. Luton. I think we did we get him from Luton. Did he come for us from Luton?
2: I think he might have done
1: actually. He might he did well there. He came to us. So I, I found him a bit. I found Lenny a bit. He's a he was a he was a brilliant talker, Mark, wasn't he? He could go into a room <laughs> and we're struggling. Right. He rolls up the old sleeves and he'll say, right. And, and, he, and he had a, a wonderful way with words. In a, in a supporters club meeting where we've lost six on a spin and he'll get a standard ovation at the end of it. He was a brilliant, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant talker, uh, was Lenny Lawrence. But I, I don't know whether he, he bought a couple of midfield players when I was there. He, he pushed me out of the team a little bit and I didn't know whether I had a I had a future. I, I didn't know whether he, I was going to leave because of Lenny Lawrence at the end of the season when my contract was running down. And that's when they fired him, the club, and they brought in Brian Robson. Brian Robson knew me and he sat me down from day one and said I-, I want you here i want you part of my midfield give me that vote of confidence i signed a new contract and the rest is history but that was the only moment where i thought i might have to leave here i might have to leave like i think i'd done was it third year of my contract i think it was. it i had signed a three-year contract from oxford i think it was the final season we had lenny lawrence and i'm like i don't know whether he wants me in the team here and it was a bit long ballish that he, he had us doing some long ball sessions and heading the ball out of the air and like, I'm like really wow yeah we were a bit we were a bit like lo- direct a little bit long ball i i i mean what a wonderful bloke but i wasn't i right. you know, when anybody when anybody doesn't you know you don't feel the love from yeah. the coach i didn't really feel it from lenny lawrence um and i thought it could be going but i guess manager changed things changed new manager comes in wants to be part of it and and um yeah of course i after that no i you know i i was and uh maybe the era that i played in marv but i i I was old school, and and some of the wages these guys earned. I'm, I'm like that. I'm I'm a, I'm a tiny fraction of what these guys earned, and I had to play. I my my um, motivation was to get a new contract to make to, to have a long career. To try and save as much as I could because I knew that you know we all know that football ends pretty quickly and um, so I had right. always motivated to to stay at the club to do well to earn a new contract to get more money to win things to that that was what motivated me more than ever thinking about moving clubs right. to earn more so and I, the testimonial was a you know was a was a really nice thing that I enjoyed fans like a reciprocal kind of appreciation of the fans and them for me so no ne- never thought about leaving apart from that moment when Lenny I thought was gonna. Didn't want me. Yeah.
0: Give it a go. To, oh, go on. No, so,
2: go off. You go. No, I was, was going to ask is that I mean, how did the Millersburg move from Oxford come about, and was there any other clubs who yeah. were like interested in?
1: Yeah. Well, that <laughs> It's funny in it because um, uh, you know, did I? I didn't. I don't think I had an agent. I didn't even have an agent. I don't think. And um. And Brian, we had uh, Mark Lawrenson was a manager for a short period of time, and then Brian Horton took over. You know Brian Horton? Brian,
2: yeah, big, yeah, yeah, from, yeah, big, from the Luton
1: days. I mean, big Luton, yeah. No, no, he he, he was, um, yeah. He, he so he he well, he got me in the office one summer. And said, listen, we've had a brilliant offer from Middlesbrough you know, it's an offer that we, we need the money. Like you're, you're free cool. to go and speak to them. Now when I go up to Middlesbrough and I meet Colin Todd and we, and we sign and stuff. And then uh, David Nish, the assistant manager, then when I first got to the club said, Oh, there's a few, there was a few sniffing around you, which I, I hadn't, I, the only one I had, a, a, I think, I think West Bromwich Albion were interested in me at that time. And I did hear that Neil Webb had, I'd spoke to Brian Clough and Forrest, not in Forrest watched me a few times at Oxford Um, and they were interested at some point. I don't know whether that went into the making an offer. I don't know. Of course, if they don't make an offer, the club won, they ain't going to tell me, are they? They're not going to yes. say, Robbie, you could have gone to these clubs, but they're, they're just going to tell me the club that, uh, that made the offer that they agreed to. So when, when Nishi said that, I'm like, Oh, is there other club? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, I I knew that you agreed a fee, and then of course we agreed a contract, and and um, and that was it. So that's the only time. I think there was talk about uh, Leicester City coming in for me at some point in my Middlesbrough career when my contract was getting a bit near the end, and there was talk about. Um, it was Martin O'Neill. I think I spoke spoke to his assistant, uh, which I'm meant to do, by the way, but it happens. The old the old did the, the old tap up the old tap up stuff. So I did I did speak briefly to them. A one that was one phone call. Um, but no. No, I was, I, was, I was totally happy where I was.
0: Awesome. Excellent. So we've got one player left to fit into this 11.
1: Well, do I have to say, do I have to say, who's the striker that I'm going to want in my team um, that, that, that fired us to two, to three cup finals or two cup finals because he left us? Was a temperamental, was a pain in the backside. used to put his shirt over his head used to yeah. like like you know Fabrizio Ravanelli has to be my yes. striker guys and i know again um he, he was a, he was a champions league winner when he came to us at juventus so again like if i'm looking at a front line of Alan Boxic, Ravanelli and Nick Bambi with with Giannino, Gascoigne and in behind that's a pretty phenomenal phenomenal kind of attacking lineup But the Ravanelli yep, difficult difficult guy to to get close to was added brought a professionalism to the club that i'd never seen before never seen before um and i i appreciated it marv i was one of those i was quite a good pro myself really i was a, quite a good pro i wasn't a i was I was just i i i had to be a good pro really to to keep on top of my game my fitness and all that and i wanted to learn i studied i studied the game and studied midfield play and i studied a lot and so i loved it others others didn't so much and didn't like his abrasiveness and his comment and he'd go off and play for the italian national team and of course do interviews with uh, the media in italy and it sometimes reflected badly on the team or on our defense you know we're great going forward at middlesbrough but but we we haven't got the right defenders to handle it that's not that's not cool i mean that the defenders the defenders hear that it's just not it's just not good look and 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 there was always a little bit of in the squad was a little it was it was a again i don't care what he says about me because i I just want to win i want to play well and if you're good, I'm okay with, I am I was different. I could handle that kind of stuff. But a few others were a bit upset with it. But I, I'd rather focus on what it was like as a trainer. Uh, he had his chef, we had his personal chef come and cook for the team because it was that good and because he was so pissed off with the soft pasta we, we kept serving up. He, he wanted to get, you know, he used to throw the pasta away if it's too soft or this is that or there's too much sauce on it. I mean, it was so fussy and bloody demanding. But again, his chef used to come on the bus and used to come to away hotels. He used to do all our dinner for us. He used to knock on the the, uh, the bedroom door on a Friday night with a tray of of food for the lads and that, which we loved. So he brought he brought a lot to that club. And he famously said as well at Middlesbrough, we had this um great, great stadium, the brand new stadium, but we had a, we had awful training facility. Like awful like we didn't have a didn't we really have a solid training ground and he come out with a quote like about himself oh well you you, you know Middlesbrough they, they they they, buy a Ferrari and they've got no garage to put it put it in basically saying that you're buying the best players and, and you got we got nowhere to train so we um so so that was maybe the start of the, the chairman buying a big old manor um in Hoodworth uh up there about 20 minutes away from the stadium near Darlington and we had a lovely training ground after that. So maybe some of his poking helped us get a training ground. But just in terms of a striker, brilliant, brilliant forward. The event striker, won the Champions League, left foot, header, quick, running behind, good touch. Yeah. Hungry, greedy, selfish. Who cares? Scored a lot of goals for us. So I <laughs> I love playing with Ravinelli and he's, he, he has to be in, in my team as a central striker. Excellent. I yeah.
2: um, a, a player, um, I mean, I think he was a striker, a player you got joint player of the year with Hamilton Rickard.
1: Hamilton Rickard, yeah Hamilton um, loved him loved him as a person you know a quick story about Hamilton Rickard is when he first came for us signed for us we were in the championship desperate for promotion and we had played I think it was Sheffield United it was at West Brom away from home massive game and he, he went through one on one and missed the goal with his shot He came into the dressing room and cried his eyes out in front of everybody. Cried his eyes out. Like, he was so devastated. He missed this opportunity. And we were so, felt so sorry for him and so bad for him. Uh, He started off like, he was powerful, quick, but very little control, Marv. He he couldn't, he he wasn't, he wasn't a finesse guy. But to be fair to him, he ended up banging in goals for us. I remember we scored three goals, I think at Spurs away one time. Uh, He he was, he was a really good striker. And we had plenty, I mean, plenty of them. I mean, other, other people I played with, by the way. And let's just, let's just, rewind the clock many years how about John Aldridge (laughs) at Oxford United (laughs) Yep. John Aldridge, Dean Saunders, some some great strikers that went on and played for Liverpool uh, in terms of the early days. I will tell you, how, somebody else that I uh, admired and is is it was a legend and still a legend in Middlesbrough and he always will be. Um, what a good finisher, Bernie Slaven. Yes, Bernie, I mean, Bernie Slaven.
2: Him, him and Hendry. I mean, I mean in yeah. the early days, when I'm, like, gave me Torrid yeah. Times. I mean, and they weren't big. I mean, I'm I'm six foot. They weren't big strikers. No, they're not. Or, I no. We'll hold and up, but movement and. Like, just touch and give and goes was so much harder to play against than someone who's just a a battering ram, who I would
1: prefer, you know. But but Bernie, Bernie's finishing with his left foot. I mean, I'd never known a player ever to, to love sticking the ball in, in the back of the net wherever it was wherever it was in games in training he, he used to smile laugh he used to knock the ball past Steve Pez Pez is a goalkeeper I should have given him a mention as well as for goalkeeper Steve Pez and Pez used to get so angry because Bernie used to love scoring so much and he used to ram it in the top corners Bernie was a great finisher um, he, I guess he didn't really transition into the Premier League with us but um, but wow, what a play it was for the club. And Natalia, in terms of his touch and his ability, uh, in terms of scoring goals, Bernie deserves a mention as well, yeah.
2: Big Brian Dean.
1: Dino, love Dino. Loved him. Loved him. It was good for us. Scored many big goals for us. I think he scored at Old Trafford one time with Dean Gordon. We went there and we won away from home at Old Trafford a couple of times and Big Dino scored in one of them. Uh, yeah, better player than maybe some give credit for because he's so tall. He knew right. what he was doing. He knew what he was doing yeah. with his runs, finisher, showed for the ball, Four great set pieces. Loved Dino. Loved him as a human being as well. You know, a, a great pro, very smart guy, Did intelligent. Carboni,
2: was he there? As Benito well? Carboni
1: was there. All of them are. I mean, so many. I, well, we ain't got time. Honestly. <laughs> honestly. Honestly. We I haven't got time to go through all the players. No. Um, oh, who was the other one as well that year? Jaime Moreno, by the way, who ended up being a star player in Major League Soccer. Jaime, Jaime was a, a talented, really, really talented player. Um that I played Robbie, with. Most sorry, of Robbie. Sorry. Yeah.
2: Sorry to sorry to interrupt you there. Right. Yeah. But like I'm in um, DC. Jaime came in last week oh. here to our club. And it's a case where like, he was a big player for DC United, yeah, big star yeah. right here. And so, I mean, he's, he, he might be um, coming to do a little bit of coaching for us out here for, within our club. But we're well, he where should.
1: He, is. he should. I mean, and, um, I'm surprised he's not doing more of that, Marv. He's like, I, I remember the last time I saw him or spoke to him or, or exchanged something with him, he, he got a golf ball hit him in the eye. That's right. right. Yeah. Now? Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, he's 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 still, well. He's, he wears the glasses still, and
1: still Is like it? yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. He hit a he hit a shot out of trees. He hit it. It hit a tree in the distance and came all the way back and smacked him in the eye. Whoa. And he, and I saw a picture of when it first happened. His eye was was flipping looked terrible. Um, so gosh, yeah, I I, yeah. I didn't really follow up or I haven't seen him since. I uh, hope he's okay. Like, but wow, he still he still wears glasses. Isn't that the Marv Probably, yeah. probably. Or needs probably to for a lot a of damage. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to. I'm gonna ask you, Marv. I'm gonna go back to the comment that Robbie made right at the start. This team would compete if not be top of the table. What are your thoughts?
1: When they're at their best.
0: When they're at their best. Best, yeah, best. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Everybody they're at they're the best, peak yeah. of their power. Do you I mean, think
2: they'd be top? I, I have to. I, for me, this is for me now. I mean, I'm telling every the, the kids and everyone, I, for me the, the games are are won and lost in midfield. And his midfield in you know, in... Jadeno, um, get—I mean, they dominate most midfields in the Premiership. In my opinion, if that's how if thats how I perceive the game: yeah. won and lost is the midfield. The midfielders, for me, I know strikers get paid a lot of money for putting in the back of the net, but they need to get fed by someone, and that's your midfield. And so, for yeah. me, I agree that. That team, especially with that midfield, would probably overrun most, if not every, midfield yeah. in the Premier League, in my opinion. At the height, you're like you're right. At yeah. the height of the, yeah. yeah, 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 excellent. Yeah. So over to you, Marvin. Okay, Robbie. So which manager then would, would is it going to lead this this um, eleven once you've selected? Which again, yes.
1: Um, <clears throat> so well, again, it's it's a story in itself, really. Um, and if I'm being honest with you, and I've said this before, I, I don't think over my 18 year career that I had a lot of great managers I I don't I don't think that coaching in that 18 years or that that period if i don't think i learned a ton from my coaches i can't remember sitting down and going through video of what i was doing right and what i wasn't doing right i had to learn most of it on, on my own by the way by watching training or in games like why 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 have i getting closed down when it, when he's got the ball he's got time and space well i, I, I got to drop off the ball and play from behind i i didn't get i don't i mean i i didn't get a ton of great coaching so I can't sit here and say I had a ton of great managers. I think they were all right. Even
0: people like right. uh, McLaren at the back.
1: He yeah, Steve McLaren was. Yeah, I worked with him because he was kind of uh, still around now. Yeah. So what he was great at, and we me and him go back way. He back. played with him as well. Yeah, yeah. We go. To Oxford, well, United. We go. Yeah, we go way back. Um, what Steve McLaren was great at was his his sessions, his co- his training. His training. So his his the the intensity, the organisation of his sessions. He had Steve Round with him. Steve Round now is an assistant. Asked is is with Mikel Artetti. You see, I see him on the sideline all the time between Roundy and Steve McLaren, The sessions at that time in Middlesbrough were brilliant. The possession and the different drills and the different. But I still didn't get a real great sense of eleven v eleven smarts that I did with somebody I'm going to give to you in a second. Um, I I was a sort of player that I loved a manager that had a plan. I, you tell me what to do. I want to know what he's got to do. I want to be on the same page as him. I want to know what we're trying to do. I want, I want to know all this stuff. I like a, I like a big plan. And I, and and if it, if it means that we've got to move you around literally for tactical purposes on a training ground, I'm all in. And we had a, we had one manager that did that. Um, and I don't know whether you're going to get this guy because he came to us in a very difficult moment in our in our season, and without raising his voice one, and with literally when the ball's there, you're going to stand there, and when he moves there, you're going to go there. You play wing back, I want you to go there. When it's over there, I, I want you to cover. I, I played as a right wing back at times for this guy, um, and with his coaching expertise. He coached us out of relegation, literally where we'd almost thrown a towel in or we, we were at our wits end to figure out what we had to do to start winning games. He came in, took over the coaching, didn't help. He took over the coaching and coached us out of trouble uh, and remained in the Premier League for, for many seasons after that. Do you know who I'm talking about? Andrew,
2: I'm, I'm struggling.
1: Yeah, because it, I mean- it was a short appointment. We wanted him for... Obviously, at the end of the season, guys, when he when we stayed up, I'm, I'm he gets, gonna. He you know goes like I'm he gonna just throw a a, round of applause.
2: I'm gonna throw a guess in. I don't
0: know if it was a, Terry Venables.
1: Boom. Of course. Terry Venables. Terry Venables. Terry Venables came in when we were bottom of the league. And, and yeah, he, with the
0: greatest respect, the names you've mentioned of managers, Brian Robson was an amazing player, but he never made yes. it as an amazing manager. But Venables, if you're talking about leagues, he's he's another level to all the ones you I've mentioned: Steve McLeod, uh, Lenny Lawrence, etc.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, yeah, Terry tar- Venables, England manager, did a, did very well with the England national team. And I keep going back to my my headline at the start of this. You get Venables coaching that team, yeah. and I think good stuff's going to happen. But yeah. just, you know, from, from Lenny Lawrence to Colin Todd to Brian Horton to Alan Kerbishley was a really good manager at Charlton. like working with Alan Kirby, Chris Turner at Sheffield Wednesday. Not so much, but I mean, like in terms of who we had at uh, Middlesbrough, Venables just showed me as a as a senior player then. I think I'm mean, into I was, uh, yeah, I think I was around my thirties then. Because sadly, at the end of that season, like the fans kind of, well, hang on a minute, kind of the same squad. I think Venables added one player. Robson couldn't get as as much out of the squad as Venables did. So Brian Robson left the club after that. Um, so, he, uh, it may be part of sacrificing himself a little bit, risking Venables coming in to do a great job and that, that he might not stay on. That's what happened. Um, I'll always mention Brian Robson in terms of my great managers because of our great. A person he was and still is now and and the memories (laughs) yeah and the memories and the way that he trained and played uh and and just the motivation for him being my manager i would i would run through a brick wall for brian robson um you know but i i when you say the best i do like a a technical coach that's gonna do things that like wow there's no there's nothing lucky about this like this is a plan and when you see it come together and to be fair to Venables, he didn't he didn't play me he didn't play me so much in the middle of midfield. He had I think we had Paul O'Con, Australian captain. We had Paul Ince and we had Christian Carambu There's another one, former Real Madrid player, yeah. Christian Carambu <laughs> uh, So that was a midfield that he liked that blend. He didn't want to have two. He didn't want to have me in there alongside Ince. He, he wanted a passer in or icon, uh in, in Paul O'Con. He wanted a um, you know a destroyer I guess in Ince, and he wanted a goal threat in Carambu. So that's the midfield that he kind of mostly went with. And I played wing back a little bit. Um I didn't play so much, but I but I still enjoyed it and I still respected what Venables did for us. Um what a great coach and another another great person as well. Awesome.
2: And the final question, Robbie. I mean, I mean, for me, I get to see you like regularly because I live here in the US as well. And I see it just for the teams, Middlesbrough, Oxford, and the teams, Sheffield, Wednesday, Charles, what are you doing now with regards, obviously, your, your your career?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I um I got lucky. I knew so somebody at uh when i moved to the us that worked for espn so i started i did an audition for them and i started doing game commentary started doing studio shows for espn over, here in the us i said earlier that i worked on la liga i worked on uh i worked on so i, I quickly got i love the co, the co-commentary um and studio shows and i worked on the world cup in uh, south africa 2010 i went to poland and uh ukraine so sad the ukraine I bit and, and checked out the next uh, and the next stadium that's now i think bombed or whatever that whole region um so that was euros in 2012 i did the champions league final at wembley when barcelona beat man united uh i did the munich game where chelsea won at munich so i had a really amazing time at espn and then uh, in 2013 nbc won the rights to the premier league and they they looked around at the other they call it they call it talent in the U.S. the the talent that do the TV stuff. They looked around and wanted me, Robbie Earl, and Carl Martino, and Rebecca Lowe to be the. The, the studio set up for the the new coverage of the Premier League and took me a while to get out of my contract to ESPN. They didn't really want me to, to leave, but I begged them and I kept, you know, I, I many, many times to try and allow me this opportunity. And that's where I am now. And I've had the best, the best, this is the 10th season we've had now with them. So 2013, we started and I couldn't, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be more, I couldn't feel more, honored and lucky to be in the situation where I am now, Marv, where I, I mean, I I honestly think i got the best job in America in football. Like I'm in the studio, I get to watch and talk about the Premier League. They take us to games. We do these fan fests that, that we take our show on the road into different cities and, and the fans are there of different teams watching, enjoying, um, having a brilliant time. We're trying to spread the love of, of football, the Premier League in this country. And um yeah, I, I'm lucky that we've we've just got another extension from the Premier League right so I'm going to continue with them. So that's what I do. I'm, I'm a TV pundit. Um, I sometimes do the co-commentary if we go to UK but mostly it's studio based and um, we have every game we have every 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 yeah. game. Is available on us television through a couple of cable and of course on peacock which is our streaming service for not much money really when you consider what it costs in the uk to watch to watch lots of football and you don't get every game there you can't do the three o'clocks or the ten o'clock on the saturday because there's the blackout in the uk so now i i'm i i'm loving life i live in uh connecticut near the studio where we do it stanford connecticut um, not far from New York City. Uh, my boys have grown up here, gone to schools. We made that big jump in 2006 to move to America. They went through schools, went through universities, really good universities in Boston. One works now in Manhattan, New York City. One works in Boston, Massachusetts. And I'm kind of in between. So things worked out. Things worked out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, did any it, of play, those, to, did they them play, Robbie? Did any
2: of them play? Did either of
1: them play at all? A little bit, a little bit of college. A little bit of college. Uh, right. Elliot went to Elliot went to Northeastern University in Boston. Played for the first year, um, and Lewis went to Boston College same thing played for the first year and then they they didn't play so many minutes and they like it's a big commitment to play college soccer as they call it um yeah so they drifted off the team and 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 focused on their studies and they got their degrees and um yeah they got good jobs and and god bless america like it's it's worked out pretty well it's a big move and there's big you know you, you there's consequences to it you know you you you're away from your family and which is the hardest thing of all um but you know, in terms of making a, making a tough call to come to America with nothing. I had nothing when I, I had no job coming here. I had no, I had, I I was in a volunteer and have a youth team coach for, I think my first salary I earned here for coaching two teams was $4,000 for the whole season for two teams being an assistant. Um, So I, you know i started ground level here and right and then i coached at bc actually did coach at boston college help the coach there which i loved love coaching at boston college we won 2007 we won the acc tournament the conference so i love that but then i had to make a decision about coaching or tv and i don't know the, the situation at the time just i wasn't quite sure where tv was going to go more potential with college coaching you got to have a you got to have a bachelor's degree which i That's don't right. have so i, I decided to go on tv and i have no regrets all i would say is that i do miss coaching and I do miss organising and, you know, trying to do my Robbie, thing. Robbie, well, listen, if you're ever out here
2: with your FanFest, you can oh, come, yeah. come to our place and do some coaching, definitely.
1: Yeah, I'd love to do that, mate. Love to do that. And it's been great catching up. And, yeah. uh, no, it's been yeah, great. Excellent.
0: Yeah. I want to say thank you on behalf of myself and Marv um, and the listeners. It was awesome to hear from you. I know, the America, like you said, the, in America, they hear a lot. Um, but mm. in the UK and across the world, less so. so and that was Robbie Musto's My Best Eleven.